Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. They're very proud to cast a... A Latino actress as Snow White. Yeah. But you're still telling the story of Snow still White. Snow White, yeah. Seven Dwarves. Sure. Backward oh. story of back- Seven Dwarves. Even in Hitler, Germany, you could you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. But Florida continues to push for the treatment for people in the state. What's your response to Governor Santos? And what's your message to the people of Florida? Well, let's just take a step back here just to realize how crazy this is a little bit. We are focused on the most vulnerable. And based on my experience, the most vulnerable are women and girls, racial and ethnic minorities, LGBTQI plus people, indigenous people, people with disabilities, migrants, and children in the foster care system. I am feeling rather left out, Alice. She hit a lot of people there, though. That's like 70% yes, abs- of the population. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, so only bad white men, I believe, were omitted from that. Regardless, she is in. Uh, she was in Milwaukee today uh, to, to talk up the infrastructure bill. Lead pipes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I guess she talked to... I, just, I haven't even heard this cut fully, but I guess as she was approaching Air Force Two on the tarmac... She strode toward reporters to give them a uh, the the ABCs of Ukraine. I've only heard the very beginning <clears throat> part of this. I'm very, very much amused me. Come on, Kamala. Guys, I know you've been asking about Ukraine, so here's the deal. First of all, here's the deal. She's gonna knock it out some foreign mm-hmm. policy real quick for you. Put on a little clinic for you. Here's the deal. Here we go. Um, I am being briefed. On a constant basis by my national security team. And uh, as you know, the president, I, and other members of our administration have been in active 
discussions with our allies and partners around the globe, um, in particular in Europe. And the bottom line is that we have been clear and consistent for quite some time. Here's the other deal, Alice. They are outside, once again, in Milwaukee, in the middle of the tarmac, with wind blowing everybody, and she's still got her mask on. Here's the deal is that is insane messaging. Okay, that's one of the things. Let's we'll get back to her. She, her depth of knowledge uh, is vast. You can tell she knows a lot about. Yeah, it's just top of her head stuff. That we respect the territorial integrity and sovereignty of, U- of Ukraine, and we expect that Russia would do the same. And any aggressive action taken by Vladimir Putin will be met with severe consequences. Uh, the ball is clearly in his court. I can't tell you what he's going to do. But we are prepared to take decisive action if he moves in an aggressive manner into Ukraine. So. The American people to Thank you, everyone. Thank you. There you go. There's the deal. Um, I guarantee you that took about three and a half hours of pr- briefing time this morning. That's fine. Meanwhile, Biden is out uh, getting an ice cream today. Uh, you know what? I don't care that the president golfs, gets ice cream goes to the to Martha's Vineyard, whatever. Whatever you want to do. But I don't like how much a really old man loves his ice cream. It is and he sort really of and weird. he can't he doesn't he chomps right in and in the ice cream shop and he's really he really loves it. It makes him feel comfortable. And that's like a just just something about it. But anyway, this is off of the Heels of he didn't buy one by the way for the son of a bitch he did not get one for Deucey no ice cream did he for, get them for the other reporter no but it would have been a nice outreach I think for the Deuce mm. but that is that the the audio that we began with is probably the most interesting thing going on today that is actor Peter Dinklage who uh, shockingly enough another progressive has a problem with something and though well, I'll just I'll just play it so he's on the Mark Maron show I, I well. Okay. I do think it takes a little bit of setup because, like, did you know there was going to be a live-action adaptation of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? No. So there's going to be a live-action adaptation of Snow White. What does live-action mean? People play it? Yeah. Okay. So, like, they did a live-action Aladdin and a live-action Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. and live-action Cinderella. They've been making money off these because it's very oh, easy. Okay. It's much easier to come out with the same movie but not animated than it is to make up a whole new movie from scratch. Sure, yeah, and I assume nobody nobody owns the rights to Snow White, I assume, right? No, well, Disney owns the rights to Snow oh. White, so they, oh, can, okay. they can keep going But wasn't out it a book it. or a fairy tale? Yeah, it was a fairy tale, but they're okay. doing the Disney version okay. with Dopey and Doc. Those aren't in the fairy tale. Oh, gotcha. That's just the Disney right. thing. So when they do these, they're like very much exactly like the Disney movies. Like, they're... You know, very clearly the same thing. Yeah, the Beauty and the Beast one certainly was. Yeah, so anyway, so they're doing Snow White, and they made a big deal because they cast a BIPOC person as Snow White, which, like, defying the whole okay. concept of her being so this super, thing, super pale. So this thing uh, when, um, um, what's the thing with the Jets and the Bloods dancing around? Uh, knifing each other, the Broadway thing that Spielberg made a replay of. What? I don't know what that is. Spielberg's movie just came out. It's a couple street street gangs. It's a remake from the fifties movie of the Jets and the Sharks. I think. I don't really know. Do, 
Oh, you mean West Side Story? Yes. Okay, okay. sorry. Yes. So in West Side Story, there was a big thing because the there were people, or no, or or. or Maybe it even wasn't that one. Yeah, it was in the okay. heights. But there's been things where Jewish people need to play Jewish people, but not make, uh, Spanish people. And then, and in the heights, there wasn't a ba- enough black black people. Black, there weren't enough, uh, the Latino okay. people weren't dark enough, right? But for for Snow White, that absolutely does not require a white person. That you may you may oh no knock up no. no. So Snow White is somebody who's not white, right? Okay, exactly. That's fine. And we're making a point here. That we're we're being made being made to feel are we being made to feel uncomfortable to show us a lesson and the well obviously of- they were hoping they cast they're doing a Little Mermaid <clears throat> too and they cast a black girl as the Little Mermaid so they're trying and then like okay. a bunch of people write think pieces where they're like conservative outrage on right. Twitter as in like nobody's outraged actually because nobody really cares at all but anyway so but there's like a cottage industry of this so anyway right. so and this is and this so is, these no are these no are but that's fine. No one, yes. nobody cares that Snow White's not white. Nobody's and these upset. are gender hires or uh, you know identity hires, uh, right. which which you wouldn't, which ideally you wouldn't feel great about as a consumer because you'd be saying I I would like to know that the best a- actor is going to be doing the best job. Mm-hmm. I, I doesn't. I'm not going to watch this crap, and it doesn't matter. The movies are changing in a different way that bothers me. But go ahead. Um. So anyway, so they did this. Now they're um. You know, they're making this movie, whatever. And um, Peter Dinklage weighs in on his thoughts on the movie. So now I think that's enough background for you to get okay. at least what's and going on the, here. And he's the little person? Yeah, he's from Game of Thrones okay. and but no, no, other stuff. Identify but what his... He's a little person. Okay, right. that's what he it's has, called, right? He has dwarfism, like the medical dwarfism, okay. Okay. thing. Yeah. So that's the name that you say that you don't get in trouble for. Well, he's a little person. That's okay. what you say. But the the condition is called dwarfism. Okay. It's, I mean, it can be any number of a bunch of different conditions okay. that cause that. But okay. Okay. So here is uh, Dinklage on this. There's a lot of hypocrisy going on. I gotta say, from being a mm. somebody who's a little bit unique, front row seat to some. Really? Like what? Like what do you see? Well, you know. It's really progressive to um, cast a, a literally no offense to anything, but I was a little taken back by the very, very, they're very proud to cast a, a Latino actress as Snow White. Yeah. But you're still telling the story of Snow still White. Snow White, and yeah. Seven Dwarves. Sure. So look, take, take a step back and look at what you're doing there. Yeah. I know. That makes no sense to me. But, oh, so what, you can what, be, you're progressive in one way, and then but you're still making that f-ing backward oh, story of about- seven dwarves <laughs> living in a cave. To get, what the f- are you doing, man? We, you know, have yeah, I yeah. have I done nothing to advance the cause <laughs> from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. Uh, I don't know what studio, I don't so, know what studio that is, but they, but it was they were so proud of that, and all love and respect to the to the actress and to uh, the people who thought they were doing the right thing. But I'm just like, dude, you don't. What are you doing? Okay, so that is Dinklage. I have another cut too, but we can get to. Yeah, it. I mean, what astonishes me about this is that the movie is not about little people, like like door people with yeah, but they're half the height of Snow White. They're much smaller than her. Yeah, but that's because dwarfs are a mythological creature that lives in mines and like 
mines gems and has invisibility cloaks and are like you know magical trickster figures from Norse mythology like they that's what they are they're not like I mean there have always been people with dwarfism in society right mm -hmm. like across all kinds of cultures and like yes many times they have been like treated differently or often mm -hmm. put into like entertainment and just court gestures and like all kinds of things right like I'm not trying to defend all historical treatment of dwarfs but people have known historically about people with dwarfism they didn't like see somebody who was shorter than average and be like oh my gosh you must be a magical creature from the mountains like they knew they had dwarves around they, like modern day little people around they knew what that was the, and they the mythological yeah. dwarves are like fairies or elves they're not like based on real people that they knew like and i just this story is not about like it, this isn't trying to be some historical representation of how people with dwarfism were treated in the Middle Ages or something. This is, like, about... I mean, there... She has a magic mirror in the story. Right. What are we doing? These aren't... This has nothing to do with anything. It makes no sense. So... So... You, so she... Um, I'm having trouble... Oh, okay. Cinderella's the blonde. Or, or used mm -hmm. to be. I'm sure she's not anymore. Um, so, all right. So, so, but how is it a backward story about like it's not a stereotype of peop of people with dwarfism? Well, it's a story of m magical creatures that mine in the mountains. Like I don't get it. Well, I guess. Well, what he's done obviously is artificially expand the definition of dwarfism to include. Any reference to anybody of short stature. Right, but whatsoever. I mean, dwarves in fairy fairy tales are like a foot and a half tall. They're not like just shorter people. They're like leprechauns, you know what I mean? Like, they, it doesn't make... I mean, is right. he going to be offended by a story that has a leprechaun in it too because I would it's think, short? I would think so. But you can't have the word dwarves. And I think that the, the, the situation is... Remember yesterday we talked about... I, I think it is the... Um, because you have the word dwarf, dwarf, right, right? Which obviously, like, and there's dwarfism. Mm -hmm. Obviously, similar derivations. I assume. Well, yeah, I assume that the but, word comes from the word but, for the mythological so, creatures to describe the condition. So, what I'm assuming is, is just like the guy who yelled at the girl, uh, saying "you stupid immigrant," and people said mm -hmm. it's got racism. And I challenged them yesterday, and they said, "No, no, it's the essence of racism." The essence mm -hmm. is there. It's the um, they didn't use essence. They used a word just like it though. Say so like the underpinnings, the the tone, the spirit of racism was there because then they couldn't make the one final leap. You know, he didn't give them the right ingredient to make racism. But this has the essence mm -hmm. of ableist or anti-inclusionary um, themes because you've got dwarfism here, which is Peter Dinklage, mm -hmm. and you've got dwarves over here. It's the same word almost. Right. Both of I them mean, are I shorter in stature. Named, I assume they named the disease after or right. the condition after the. They both are shorter in stature. So I mean, I think now with the new progressivism, that's enough. You no longer need. You need two strikes to get a K in this new game. Yeah, but I mean, Not people, three. the people who made up the story of Snow White, mm -hmm. weren't like. 
basing it on real on people little pretty, they on their friend Chad who lives down the street, or like the court jester who was a dwarf, right? right. Like that wasn't the idea. These are, I mean, like there are all kinds of mythological creatures that are like this and have an equivalent <clears throat> in a bunch of different. But so, but he said. But that's not like. But he said, "Let's listen." There's a lot of hypocrisy going on. I got to say, from being a somebody who's a little bit unique, front row seat to some. Really, like what? Like what do you see? Sorry, I this takes so long. Well, you know, it's really progressive to um, cast a. Literally, no offense to anything, but I was a little taken back by the very very they're very proud to cast a, a latino actress as snow white yeah but you're still telling the story of snow, still white, snow white yeah seven dwarves sure so, look take, take a step back and look at what you're doing there yeah i know that makes no sense to me but oh so what, you what, be, you're progressive in one way and then marion can pretend not to get it all he wants to but it's just a waste of time you're still making that backward Oh, story of about- seven dwarves living in a cave. To get, what the f- are you doing, man? We, you know, have I have I done nothing? So I mean, there are so stereotypes they, about dwarves, right? So, but like, but but these do the, do the dwarves in Snow White live in a cave? No, they mine in mines. Okay. They live in a house. Okay, so but- he obviously, so he doesn't. He's not talking about. He's talking about those dwarves in Snow White, right? Okay, but, I mean, like there are. There are, you know, depictions of dwarves that mm-hmm. are like, I would say, dated, right? Because like they've traditionally been cast in freak shows or as jesters or as something mm-hmm. like funny, and because of childlike size, I mean, there was, you know, they've been in circuses and stuff, mm-hmm. and that's, I mean, people see them as like funny and a joke, and I mean, I think that that's probably what he's so sensitive about is that he's like spent a really you know, long and varied career trying to break out of that mold and be considered like a serious actor who takes serious roles and, you know, is a full, complete person. But like, this is not the same thing. And I think that it comes from this place of like, I think that people think that fairy tales and mythological stories are like, just ancient people were really stupid and they didn't know so they like saw a small person and were like you must be a magical creature but that's really <laughs> not what it is i mean there's very deep archetypal stories that go way back in human history and relate to people interacting with magical creatures it doesn't always have to be based on just like you know you don't have to take it personally every time there's a magical creature in a story right yeah, but I think what I think that that the rule is for progressives mm-hmm. that everything up till just a few years ago was pre enlightenment, right, and came from um, dishonorable origins, right, and so that whole thing that you know the nineteen thirties or forties in Disney, and you know using that those depictions obviously that's pre enlightenment. And we don't do gross stuff like that. You wouldn't have one fair maiden, the heroine, followed by seven idiots or whatever the what they are in this thing. Um, it, it, I, it, it, because they have to see it in the worst possible way. The only way that, that anything ever pre-enlightenment is made acceptable in today mm-hmm. is if they 
tell us that the revelation is is that is that Snow White was trans or something, which is how they cherry pick some people and save them. But how about this, Alice? Mm-hmm. How about this? I, I I think that he shouldn't have a problem with it. Um, although you know, all the according to their rules, if anybody at all is hurt by the idea, then you're supposed to retreat to the to beyond the area by which anybody could get hurt anymore. So you're supposed to make an adjustment for it anyway. Disney has put out a statement. Did you see this? Yeah, they did. They've right. been consulting with little people's groups to make sure that whatever. Which should be an insult because they are not the dwarves in the Snow White. Right. They're not right. the dwarves in Snow White. These are fantasy creatures like elves or dragons. But like they, this is like, but there's a, a bunch a, of people. Like talking about the giants in other movies and consulting NBA players saying, how do we do this the, the most to make sure we do this with the most sensitive way? It's like. Right. Exactly. It It's not. Or like if you're going to depict pixies in a movie, go around mm-hmm. and ask people with pixie haircuts. Like it just it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, these are fantastical creatures it has nothing to do with real people and you know to to their credit like peter jackson when he did the lord of the rings knew this right and tolkien certainly drew on the same norse myths that dwarves originate in when he made dwarves and obviously any fantasy story or world now is like playing in the tolkien sandbox right mm-hmm. like with the dwarves and the elves and the whole thing and but they didn't have little people play the dwarves in the lord of the rings because they had nothing to do with being little people well they you're were right shorter. Well, they were shorter but they had six foot tall whatever is jonathan reese davies is that his name that actor the, anyway he's a really a really fantastic well, actor, and, and, but he's six feet tall, and they had him play him because it doesn't—it it doesn't have to do with being short or right, tall. Right, but it's, it is interesting, <laughs> Alice. That brings another conundrum. So what they had to do in that is they took a bunch of normally sized people and shrunk them, right, including using um, little people as stunt people for some of the shots. You know, they had doubles for all the people that were supposed to be short, like the hobbits and right. the dwarves. Which um, were also taller people shrunk. I wonder right now if somebody, if if little people would say, if, if you're looking for small people, why don't you get us? Or is that an insult? Do they own that franchise or is it an insult to do? Well, also, it's not like what it's supposed to be because dwarfism, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's a range of things, but it, it's... You know, generally speaking, people who are dwarves have differently proportioned mm-hmm. limbs, torso, and head than than an, a person without dwarfism. So the whole thing is that, like, hobbits or dwarves in Tolkien are supposed to be, like, proportioned like a bigger person, but just smaller. Right. So they, in essence, like, have to be played by a normal person. But, yeah, like... It does raise a question, like, should they be played by little people because that, like, gives little people work? I mean, they obviously gave stunt people who were little people work and stuff who played doubles for them. But there was, you know, that that was the idea is not that these are mythologized versions that like the ancient Norse people who were writing about dwarves, little trickster figures who lived in the mountains, like thought that that's what shorter people were from, like, the village. I mean, that right. just makes no sense. That's not what they were writing about. It's but, a totally separate that concept. Said, that said, do you think the producers and everybody involved in making um, Snow White, do you think they know that? 
Well, it's... Uh, I mean, about, like, dwarf mythology and stuff? Oh, or do I you think, think that they... I don't... I think that they heard what Tinklage said and said, oh, my God, he's right. What were we doing? We need to make an adjustment really quick. Mm-hmm. I bet you they had no idea. And, by the way, if... Going on his theory that is... Then he would be right. They would be hypocrites for celebrating the Latina... Well, I don't know how it works. The Latina plays a white woman, so that's good because whites are bad. Mm-hmm. And so a good color person is taken over. Well, they were already nervous about the story because the idea is she's really beautiful because her skin is as white as snow. Oh. So, no. <laughs> so they wanted to, they want to use all their old IP and milk as much money out of it as they possibly right. can. But they were nervous about this particular story because that's the thing. It's like the skin is white as snow, hair is black, you know, like the, so that's the, we're not sure how to approach. So casting a person of color as snow white helps them work around their conundrum. of. <laughs> so here's another cut of Dinklage. If you tell the tell the the story of Snow White, and yeah, it's most f- up cool, progressive spin on it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, uh, all in. But I just don't know. So you get license if you put a cool, effed up, progressive spin. <laughs> then allowances can be made. Right. You know, if if you're doing it, in other words, if you do it in a way that educates us. Mm-hmm. Then you can you can do then that's fine. Well, yeah, like the woke Amazon Cinderella that had Billy Porter playing the fairy godmother, like that. Right, like, that is good. And that is- and Cinderella doesn't want to marry the prince because she wants to start her own dressmaking business. Yeah, that that's progressive enough. That's cool. We can do that. That's fine. <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's funny because. They're acting like these stories are like from the Jim Crow era United States or something that they reflect or like, I don't know what they think, but it's just funny because these stories are like ancient and they date back like so many cultures have versions of Cinderella stories, have versions of like the archetype of the evil queen being supplanted by the younger, more beautiful princess who she tries to get rid of because she's jealous. These are these stories are so deep and go to the roots of human relationships and human society. And there's so much there. And to try and reduce it to like, oh, they're stereotyping people with dwarfism. Like, that's just insanity to me. Like, what? Things are so much more interesting than that if you bother to read them at any more than like a surface level through your lens of like weird progressive like who's who can be offended by this strange so, like power dynamics. I, so do the do progressives do you really it's pro, it's it's progressive people with dwarfism really do they want. But I mean, Disney's all for it. Disney's like, oh, we're consulting with dwarf groups. Do the the mystical dwarves, are those allowed anymore anywhere? I mean, maybe not, just because the word is similar. I mean, but that's like the way this has gone, right? There's a word for being um, like penny pinching and miserly in Mm -hmm. the English language that uh, bears a resemblance to a certain word that people Mm -hmm. are not allowed to say. And um, it's just... it. Everybody just has to strike that word, even though it... I, I, I actually... I know. Everybody has to strike that word. But although that one, and, I wouldn't be anywhere near that one. 
Well, yeah, but what I'm saying, but but what I'm saying is that like even though the word comes from a totally different etymology mm. and like has nothing to do with the Spanish root of the word for black that another word comes from. That's the whole thing is just so radioactive that just nobody can say it anymore anyway. Like, and so maybe dwarf is like that. Maybe because people use the word dwarfism for the medical, the set of medical conditions. Like now we can't have any dwarfs because it's just too mixed up and like everything has to be canceled because of it. But like, (laughs) you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Is you know, there Peter are probably, Dinklage upset about the dwarves and Tolkien? There are, there are probably uh, many people with dwarfism out there who don't give a flying F. This is, once again, this is progressivism. This mm-hmm. is what's at stake here. You know, just like in the black community, it's not people in the black community saying Black Lives Matter. It's progressives doing mm-hmm. pushing this stuff. Um, but, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. Now, listen to something Mark Marin said that I think is interesting, too. Uh, and... I'll just play it. You know, if you can't find your voice in a world of diversity and respect, then, you know, what are you really? And if you can't transcend that by being, uh, you know, respectful yet still provocative, then, you know, you're not really challenging yourself, are you? Yeah. You're right. Things evolve. I just, I think that you can be as crass and as vulgar and as provocative as you want without saying a couple of words right (laughs) so i think that he's missing the point completely is that the problem is that the construct within which we all have to play Mm -hmm. is constantly changing and it is changing and being um and in bending and being distorted in crazy and chaotic ways, depending on the sentiments, these really insane sentiments of the moment. Well, right. And the thing (laughs) is, too, obviously, that being crass and provocative (laughs) offends other people, but they're not people that he cares if he offends. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. So right. he doesn't mind offending conservative Christians or evangelicals. You can call or... Sarah Palin a bitch all day. Well, yeah. Or even, I mean, like, there are topics that comedians talk about all the time that are very offensive mm. to people with, like, sensibilities around sexuality that are different from the conventional wisdom right now. But the point is that they're not worried about offending those people. Of course not. Of course not. They're not worried about offending people as a general concept. Comedians have never been worried about offending people as a general concept. It's which group of people you're offending. They just don't want to offend the people that, well, first of all, the people who are actually powerful and can actually ruin your life. And second of all, the people that they perceive to be on their team or side. Right. right? Like, the best... There are plenty of people that they don't care if they offend. Right. The best example, a good example of this is um, the life of Brian scene with with Reg when Reg wants to mm-hmm. have a, a a wants to be a woman, right? I want to be a woman. What? And they say, "Where's the fetus? The fetus going to gestate in the in a box?" Which is obviously a hilarious scene in mm-hmm. the movie. But back in the in the seventies when the movie was made, the offensive thing, which everybody was all for on the left. Was that they had a guy essentially pretending to yeah, be Jesus it was Christ, offensive to Christians, who sang obviously. as he was crucified? 
Right. Now the movie is banned by progressives because you're mocking a man who wants to be a woman right. and saying that he can't have a baby like all other women and calling him crazy for it. Right. And they would say it's about punching up and not down because, you know, Christians are in power and trans people aren't. But obviously that's not the case nowadays. You can't have somebody fired for being offensive to Christian sensibilities. Everybody would laugh at you. If you called up Howard Stern's radio station today in 2021, is he even like on a radio station He's anymore? In, or uh, on a whatever? His employer. Satellite. And you were like, I demand that he be taken off of this show. This is so offensive to me as a Christian. I can't believe he said X, Y, Z. They would laugh in your face. They don't care. But if you called up and said he was offensive to me as a trans person, then the advertisers would start dropping like flies. Obviously, it's not about punching up and down because that's what they would tell you. They would tell you that it's about fighting back against the big guys like the big evil Christians and, you know, not punching down on poor downtrodden trans people but of course trans people were much more downtrodden when life of brian was made and mm -hmm. christians were much more in power so it has nothing to do with that you know they they had no problem punching down on trans people then when trans people were actually was, downtrodden cool. now that trans people are empowered the point is that comedians just like everybody else are a bunch of wimps who generally go with the conventional wisdom and want to get invited on the cool shows and be seen as good and and cool by you know all all their friends and hollywood and the people who write the newspapers and advertisers and the people who hire you to do netflix specials and everything else you know and they're scared just like everyone else is yeah but when he says this you know if you can't find your voice in a world of diversity and respect then you know what are you really? Those are trick words. The world mm -hmm. of diversity and respect. If your voice is saying something that is fun, funny, intellectually honest, but that sentiment, because of progressives, because you're hurt, you're worried that somebody's feelings are going to be hurt somewhere, mm -hmm. and because of bullying, that sentiment becomes uh, forbidden. Well, you, it's tough to find your voice because it, it's th th this wokeism. It's a moving target. Right. And the crosshairs could be on you one minute when they weren't the minute before. Right. You could be in the crosshairs for something you said five years ago when said thing was considered perfectly acceptable. I mean, and it's happened to progressives. Like, didn't Joy Reid have to pretend she, like, was hacked because yes. people found a bunch of her old blog posts about gay people or something? Like, it It just, it, it does. It moves so quickly and people don't know when they're on the right side or not. It's impossible to keep up with. Unlike, for example, Christianity that's had very clear ideas of what it believes and what it finds offensive for a very long time. And they have no problem being offensive to that all the time. And I'm not saying I think they should be like outlawed or I'm trying to like get the movie Life of Brian deleted or something. But I'm saying that they're okay with being offensive to Christians because, because Christians can't do anything to them. The people that can actually do anything to them, it's not about diversity and respect because they don't have the principle of diversity and respect across the board for everybody. They only have diversity and respect for the people who will ruin their careers if they don't respect them. That's not like having respect for diversity as a principle. That's just, you know, going with the flow and going the way that's going to, you know, not get you in trouble. Right. Which is fine, but it's not really like some admirable sentiment that you're standing on some important principle when you do it right and, and this is why this is why you can't be a comedian like Marin used to be 
and say stuff like this. You know, this. if you can't find your voice in a world of diversity and respect, then, you know, what are you really? Like you said, I guarantee you that real shoppers of Walmart are exactly the target. I guarantee you that this guy has a composite in his head of what a conservative is, what a Trump voter is. Mm-hmm. And that person, he will happy. And it, you know what? The the composite of that person is a poor person, white trash, mm-hmm. dumb, not educated, a lesser than. So this guy makes a living beating on people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and happy to do it. Out of the, out of, you know, he'll say nobility. But the truth is, if he was going to be consistent at all, then he wouldn't, or at least wouldn't, right. wouldn't, would at least admit that he's a hypocrite. Right. Because and you can't, there's too many cross sections of rules in this stupid game that the left is playing here, mm-hmm. which is what people do when they've got total luxury and peace and a bountiful uh, living. Well, right. And watch how fast they throw, you know, black poor people in with white poor people as soon as it's convenient to them. Like if you're talking about people who are vaccinated or unvaccinated for COVID, how quickly they'll dump you know, a bunch of poor black people into the unperson category, right, with the poor white people. Look how fast they ditched Hispanics after they voted for All Trump, right. right? Like, they, it it has nothing to do with race and respect for diversity. It has to do with a very particular set of power dynamics that goes on in progressive circles, where, like, certain certain statuses are, like, revered and given special respect. And, I mean... Look, you can see it. Remember when the Democrats during the primary season in 2020 had the um the like LGBT L- town hall thing with CNN or whatever? Mm-hmm. And some crazy person like grabbed the microphone and started yelling about black trans lives and they all just had to let this person like go off because they couldn't like right. on the oppression scale this person rated higher so they had to like Say, like, yes, we were all, like, we were focusing too much on white, cis, whatever. Like, it's just, it's, the whole thing is crazy world, and you can't function in that reality. You know, it has nothing to do with being offensive in general. They're they're perfectly willing to be constantly offensive. It has to do with being, you know, the, the right set of personal traits that are, like, at the top of the ladder this week for how how beloved you are all right should we move on sure all right uh you know i i I was late to arriving at this but since this rfk jr thing has evolved i think it's very interesting this is what he said this weekend at the rally in in dc even in hitler germany you could you could cross the alps into switzerland you can hide in an attic like anne frank did I mean, yeah, this happened a little bit ago, and I heard of it at the time, but I just, like, I'm so over the news cycle of how dare this person compare something to the Holocaust. Right, only we can, the same people who were saying they were there because of the big lie. Right, I I mean, the whole thing, I'm just, I can't, like, get into the news cycle of people saying stuff about the Holocaust. On the other hand, that being said, I don't think anybody should really go around in the United States of America saying they have it worse than Anne Frank? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but also, I mean, I would say that... Even in Hitler, Germany, you could you could cross the Alps into Switzerland. You can hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. The story of Anne Frank is that Operation Attic didn't work. 
Right. In the end. Right. That's she ended the... up dying in a concentration camp right. because they found her in the attic. Exactly. So it's also like, it, it's, it, it, not only is he. But they gave it a good shot, I guess. Not only like, is it's he. it's weird. A, well, she wrote a book, I guess. Or was that <sighs> in the camp? What was no, the she wrote it. It's her diary from the time in the attic. Yeah. Right. Um, that her dad published later. Yeah. Um, but. And that's that's a particularly tough thing too, because not only are you invoking Anne Frank, who's this angelic, like a child, innocent person yeah. who you, who by all uh, by all accounts was just a charming, precocious little girl, who looks like a, any other girl out there today. Mm-hmm. You know, looks like a, somebody in in a daycare. You know, looks like, <clears throat> which is one of the things that's so powerful I think about her story. But but you're also you're using her in uh, in in a comparison that doesn't work and you're misusing the story you're you've got it wrong right. and so it's like careless it's and so you're saying it's worse for you now <clears throat> right and it, it, yeah it, it was it's that was a that was a grenade level idiotic thing that he said and, and you know this is a guy who was who has put his time in as a good <clears throat> progressive who is now an outcast but so anyway, he says that, um, and take it from there, Alice, will you? Uh, yeah, so he said that there was, like, all this outrage. Like I said, we didn't get into this story on the show because it's By the way, Anne Frank like, was also in Amsterdam, not in Germany. Yeah, but the, I mean, the whole, we didn't, we just did not find this that, like, exciting a story to talk about, right, really. until now. Until now, because um, I don't think that many people even, like, knew this before, uh, RFK Jr. started being on all these uh, talk shows about vaccines or whatever, but he's married to um, Cheryl Hines, who plays like Larry, Larry David's, David's wife. former wife on yes. Curb Your Enthusiasm, right? Who was the, the wife in the first few the seasons? The conscience and beauty, really, of the show. Yeah, I mean, and she was great as that, and like, I, I mean. Whatever. Anyway, she's a fine actress and all this stuff. She's married to RFK Jr. She doesn't uh, apparently believe him on any of this stuff. So, like, there was, like, a bit of a tempest in a teapot a little while ago because she had a party at their house and made everybody had, like, a vaccine and a negative test to get into their house. And people were like, why is he doing this at his house when he's saying all this stuff about vaccine? But it's because she's into that. You know what I mean? So they're, like, just not on the same page on this at all but anyway this is how he makes his living is being upset about vaccines so um he go- does stuff like goes to this rally but now she's getting attacked on twitter and people are saying like how can you still be married to him when he says stuff like that no she, she, she a couple days ago puts out an initial tweet <clears throat> which which said um my husband have different beliefs my husband and i have different beliefs essentially i support my husband with different- one line tweet is a little bit and mm-hmm. then the fervor gets hotter. After she puts that out, they start attacking her on Twitter and saying that she can't be with him anymore. She's got to leave him, this and that. And then she puts out this one. My husband's reference to Anne Frank at a mandate rally in D.C. was reprehensible and insensitive. The atrocities that millions endured during the Holocaust should never be compared to anyone or anything. His opinions are not a reflection of my own. So that is torpedoing your husband. Calling him... A whack job, essentially. Yeah. Has he put out a statement yet saying he apologized for this? I think he did. Yeah, right? Uh, That he shouldn't have made that comparison or whatever. Right. 
But for a wife to do that, for a wife to sacrifice in public her husband like that, Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, is this like, is that a Twitter divorce or not? Well, right. And even so, like, even her saying that, the replies to that tweet are like, not good enough. Right. How can you say that? You've got to leave him. There's blood on his hands. He's literally killing people, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, so, and I've never like fully understood I mean, like, I I know that there are people that have different political beliefs from their husband or wife, and they make it work. And, you know, like, Mary Catherine Hamm was married to somebody who worked for the Obama administration, and it apparently worked. Uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle is married to Gavin Newsom. I don't know how that worked. But, like, I don't... I, I know how that works. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, I guess, like, I just... It seems odd to me, like, if you work explicitly in activism, like, if you work for an administration of a person that your spouse is always on TV trashing, like, I I find that, like, hard to understand how that, like, don't you feel, like, constantly undermined and betrayed by your spouse well, in an Kelly environment? look at Conway and George Conway. Yeah, that's true, I mean, that, too. he was the biggest POS in the world. I mean, that guy, he was but just... But don't you, like, <clears throat> wonder what's going on at the house at night? Like, yeah. I, well, it's, yeah, especially the Conways. That was crazy. But, I, I mean, I don't... I don't fully know how people make it work, but I guess they do. But it seems like, yeah, that the the Cheryl Hines statement on her husband, it seems like, how do you put out that statement and then go home? It's... and. You know, part of me wonders then is like everything fake are all these activisty mm. people who work and like put out books on these political causes and whatever. Like, does RFK Jr. really believe any of this stuff if he's willing to go home and like, you know, at his house have a vax requirement for his Christmas party or whatever it was? You know? I think he like, is because I don't think he has to do this. I don't know how how fruitful this is. I mean, I mean, I think it's pretty fruitful. He uh, has, like, all kinds of I books mean, and stuff. Sure, okay. But, I mean, as a candidate, you'd think there's other stuff. But maybe not. Maybe he's, maybe this is his talent. I, I don't know. Uh, I just think it's interesting that, that she said this. And I do but think... But, like, are the Conways... Do you think the Conways, like, really believe any of it at the end of the day when they go home? Or do they just go on he, TV well, and yes, say whatever George, somebody's paying George them to say? George Conway broke. George Conway emotionally broke. He broke. His mind broke. And that's what was, you're seeing now, This the, the what's left of him. Do you think Kellyanne Conway believed any of it? Believe like the what? Trump's, like her Trump statements when she would go on TV and like defend Trump? Well, some, but she was spinning. She was doing a lot of flacking. She was message, um, you know, right. she was messaging. So but, some I mean, of it, a lot of it's, uh, you know, BS. A lot of it was uh, her, you know, eating up some of the news cycle herself by saying things and running circles around people like Chick, Chick Tapper. Well, it's the DC game. Nothing in DC is real, which which reminds me of this is that that's what Hollywood is too. Mm-hmm. These people couldn't take it, saw the Twitter numbers, all bunch of 20 and 30 something little marketing people and PR people all got nervous around Cheryl Hines and all the other stuff that she's doing. And they said, oh my goodness, we need to officially go on the record here on meet the people, meet the mad people where they are, which is Twitter. And we need to put something out immediately. Let's get let's get ahead of how bad this could be. And there she goes. And they said, okay, we have to make it like this. And, and she, for a moment, her tiny little heart probably said, well, isn't that my husband? Are you sure that isn't her way? And just like this administration just listens to the bureaucrats and the health bureaucrats, they listen to the marketing and PR bureaucrats, and they wrote this 
thing that that is impersonal and um, fairly obscene to write about your own husband, who you purport to love, mm-hmm. and um, and and paints him as somebody unworthy of being uh, betrothed to. And she did it, and it's gross, and it's Hollywood. But that's the same thing with DC. They're both gross places filled with gross, obscene people. Anywhere where you're spinning around, all made up, in front mm-hmm. of cameras. <laughs> do you think Kimberly Guilfoyle? Do you think Kimberly Guilfoyle has like some deep conservative principles that she's like really believes in, or something? Uh, not really. So you think she's just, you know. Well, I think wherever the grift is good, she goes. I think generally, I think I think she's attracted, obviously, to money and power. Well, certainly, at least it's two out of two. I mean, what I'm seeing so far, bro. Maybe she does. Maybe she's got some principles. I mean, she was she worked as a prosecutor in in San Fran for a bit. I think I don't know what she has. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just curious. Sometimes I think the whole. I don't know. Men seem to love her. Maybe she's just a very charming lady. So well, not my not my type. She seems fine to me. I just I've talked I just to her before, wonder you know. if it's like all a thing people play on TV or if they like really think things. I so I was wonder. talking to somebody today about that mm-hmm. and and um I mean the only time I mean I was talking to him and saying saying you know if I went on all in on this station and went all full uh election was stolen and that January 6th was not bad and that Trump was technically still president, um, and uh, you know, and that Hillary, you know, drinks the blood of infants or whatever. That I could probably grow my audience a little mm-hmm. bit, yeah, by doing that because just showing you, like, you are all in, in anti-vax yeah. stuff. <clears throat> I mean, Steve Bannon's war room has a big audience, and right, uh, right, and so. Like, but I, I wouldn't do that. One would be too hard to keep track of if I started to <laughs> web of lies. I just, I, I know the eleven things I know and believe to be true. I can keep track of right now. But if Acme Conservative Radio Company called me and said, uh, "Tom, we like what you're about. We want to talk to you here, and we want to offer you five hundred thousand dollars a year, and you should know that this is in our company. We are, uh, we have no, we have proof, and we have no." No uh, disbelief that Trump won the election and uh, that we don't believe that the coronavirus, the pandemic was an actual real thing. I mean, it would it would be very tough to say those things. <laughs> but for 500 grand, you think you could work up your way I don't, up to it? I mean, I would have to like get a tattoo that, that like reads whore on it or something <laughs> so I could at least... Look in the mirror and yes, know. <laughs> and know what, but, 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 you know, like I think I told you that one time I was in, in the Channel 2 show and, and the, the producer screwed up and I was in a roundtable discussion show and mm-hmm. she booked me as somebody pro trans people in bathrooms <laughs> on the pro side. And I said, oh, no, I'm against it. She said, are you, are you I'm sure I had you for the pro side. And I said, I, I'm short time. I'm pretty sure in a pre-interview you, you, you said that you were for it. And I thought about it for a while in the green room, and I thought to myself, all right, this would be a pretty nice gig to have if I'm in this place. <laughs> how do I make myself? <clears throat> how would I possibly make myself? And I don't know. I asked somebody or called somebody um, or maybe even asked somebody right there. It might have been like the one that Matt Welch was in her. Maybe it was you. 
But I, I reached out to somebody and said, how do I get around being four trans people <laughs> being in bathrooms? And somebody said, well, you know what you could do is take the libertarian approach that, you know, government shouldn't dictate who gets to use what at any time. And I thought, okay, wait, we're almost on to something. I'm listening. <clears throat> and I started to try to work myself through it. Say, okay, how do I do this? Meanwhile, also knowing that I was a whore. And then they bumped me in the show. She said, oh, the other guy has come in. You don't have to come here. The real pro-trans person is here. So you don't have to be, you don't have to come here. And I went home and I thought, wow, that was a close one. <laughs> doesn't matter. I was terrible in the show anyway. But there was there, there was a couple times. There was a time <clears throat> when I worked in media mm-hmm. that uh, I endorsed a presidential candidate. And then the person in the sales department came over and said, why did you do that? We're getting huge ad buys from this other candidate a guy with billions of dollars mm-hmm. and i thought about that it, this is a capacity as a manager i thought about that like <laughs> what kind of money exactly it wasn't money that i'd get i wouldn't get a piece of it mm-hmm. but it might save the establishment <clears throat> right you know and it, it, there have been times when <clears throat> well you know alice i've we both know people who have been compelled to write certain endorsements uh, under great duress. <laughs> I'll just say, I'm not going to get further into that. All right. Uh, the other thing we should get to is, <clears throat> so yes, I am, uh, I think I'm, well, the good thing is all you guys will know, you you know that I'm a prostitute. I have just no Johns. But uh, for 500000 I'm starting to, I'm leaning into the car a little bit, certainly, <laughs> to have the discussion. <clears throat> uh, let's see. The Dinklage, the RFK Jr., uh, last thing I just had was just this. Oh, the Kamala thing we already played actually. Which yeah, we did Kamala already. So that's it. Anything else to say? Um, there was just a big study that um, pre-K doesn't work. Actually, it makes kids worse. <laughs> so, so this is government-run pre-K, pre-K or all pre-K? Um, this is government-run pre-K in particular. So basically. This was Tennessee did a big program a few years ago called like voluntary pre-K or whatever that, um, you know, that they would provide pre-K to kids age three and up. And, you know, there wasn't enough room in it. So there was like a lottery to get in for Mm -hmm. the kids who qualified for it. And um, so basically there was a big longitudinal study that followed these kids who were in this pre-K program all the way up until sixth grade and compared them to the kids who from the lottery didn't get in. Right. So Mm -hmm. like essentially all kids who would have qualified for it they're like the same on paper and they were randomly selected to be in the pre-k program or not so it's really like a perfect random controlled trial and the kids who were in the government pre-k did worse both academically and behaviorally they needed more behavioral interventions they were more likely to be on ieps they scored worse on standardized tests and the effects of that worse pre-k effect lasted all the way till sixth grade through the whole study so that's really an incredible finding given Mm. how much we continue to hear progressives talk about how much we need to provide pre-k you know free of charge to people because it obviously i mean the kids who didn't get into that program did a variety of other things some went and did private pre-k programs some might not have done anything at all in that case they might have just stayed home Whatever being the case, they did better than than the people who 
who were provided a free pre-K program from the government, right? That they're, you know, if they did go into another pre-K program, their parents had to pay for so it. So why do those ones suck? <clears throat> um, It's not totally clear. They're not totally sure. This is a brand new study. Like, this was not the finding that they expected and hoped to get from this. I mean, progressives in the state have been pushing to, like, expand the pre-K program. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this comes at a bad time for the Build Back Better program, which has as one of their big things universal okay. pre-K and the Build Back Better bill that Biden wants to pass. All this stuff. Um, you know, it's all hinged on what's historically been like pretty weak evidence that pre-K does anything at all. Mm -hmm. But for them to find that it actually makes kids worse off is uh, pretty incredible. And they don't know why. Uh, in general, probably the things that we think work for little kids aren't actually what's developmentally appropriate for little kids. And mostly like playing is really good for them. Interesting. We'll revisit this. So anyway, um, you can talk to us on Twitter. That is at Burn Barrel Pod. We have a website, burnbarrelpodcast.com or uh, facebook.com slash burnbarrelpodcast. You can also send us an email. That's uh, burnbarrelpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I am putting the videos back on YouTube. If you like to watch on YouTube, they are starting to be there again. I'm going slowly before we get banned again. But we're also on Rumble and anywhere else you like to listen to podcasts. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.